I, uh, <clears throat> let me just say what I uh, love to say to you. Good morning, church. Good morning. And good morning to you who are part of this church in uh, other places this morning. Um, our, our room is uh, a gathering of people like you. Uh, many of you are part of us on a regular basis in the house, we say sometimes, and we want to invite you back. Um, and um, I just got to say, I hope you're, you're all as glad as I am to be here this morning. Uh, I really am. I want to, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I just have somebody I want to say hi to this morning. She's a little girl who lives, some of you are thinking, wow, that's a weird way to refer to your wife. And uh, no, uh, she is here with us this morning. But this, this little girl is a grade school girl that is part of Grace Point Live every Sunday on the East Coast. She joins us from Florida. And um, she loves us. She loves uh, being part of this gathering, and she really loves uh, me and little Deb. Um, I think that built a bridge to her, and she wrote me this last week a picture of a beautiful artwork, and uh, Avery, I want to say good morning to you, honey, and um, I'm, uh, it says Pastor Steve down here, and of course this is a heart, a picture from her, and on the back it simply says, get well, Pastor Steve and Debbie. So, Avery, good morning to Avery, yeah. I uh, told her this is on the wall, uh, the door of my office, and it has been until just minutes ago when I took it off at the prompting of some of the staff that said, you ought to just tell her hello this morning. So I wanted to tell you, uh, Avery, that um, Jesus is here and Jesus is there, which... Uh, your, your grandma will tell you all about that, okay? So um, that's really cool. But um, I, um, <clears throat> I'm really glad to be here. And, um, and, and part of the reason for saying that is because it's hard out there, right? You know what that's like. Uh, some of you are kind of drifting in now, maybe taking a step of faith to say, I'm going to be here, hope it doesn't get crazy or scary, or awkward, or something, but I'm going to be here, and you're here, or you're, you're joining us live, and um, because it's wherever you live, there's, a, there's plenty of things that we have to cope with, manage, and get through, and I, and I get that. Last Sunday morning, very early in the morning, it became uh, clear to me that being with my Debbie in the hospital, um, uh, aggressively going after a very fast-moving infection as a result of her chemo treatments for leukemia uh, made, it, uh, made it impossible for me to be here with you and give a message that God had put on my heart then. It's not the same message I'm going to share this morning. We'll save that for another week, which in uh, cooking language, that means it's been simmering a while. So come next Sunday, all right? But I do want to say this. Um, I did what uh, baseball, it's coming to the end. Uh, the season's coming to a wrap-up. And in baseball, you're familiar with the term relief pitcher and uh, bullpen. And when the pitcher can't do his thing or can't finish a game or whatever the case, uh, the skipper, he's sometimes referred to the manager of the, 
of the team makes his way to the pitching mound and takes the ball and gives some kind of a signal to the, it's referred to as the bullpen. And it's where usually a couple of guys have been warming up, getting ready for the signal or the nod to come on in because they're needed to help pull this thing out and make it happen. So um, there is such a thing as a pastoral bullpen. And uh, I called mine early Sunday morning last week. And, uh, and John Moore uh, picked up the phone. And I, um, I explained the situation to John. And John wrote back, and I wrote his words down because they were so full of grace and, um, and they, they fit the moment so beautifully. He said simply, done. Zero to worry about here. I've got this. And he says, he added, you just take care of your precious lady. And uh, I, I was set free. And I thank you, John. And we just did with our applause. It's, uh, it's great to have people like yourself and Pastor Michael and others that can just step in in the moment. And they uh, have done that so beautifully. That morning, uh, we got home from the hospital at 4.15. And uh, you can imagine it didn't take either of us long to just go... And uh, the very next thing I realized is I woke up with a start at 9.55. <laughs> and my panic in that moment was brief, but very real, okay? I was thinking to myself, oh, no. Now, some of you have dreams of being in your underwear in a place you shouldn't be, right? right? You, go ahead, raise your hand if you've ever had that, that dream, Okay. Sigmund and Freud would have an explanation, I'm sure, somewhere. But here's the deal. As a pastor, there's this panic dream that shows up every so often, and that is at go time, at the, all right, we're, you know, take this, we're taking off. The plane's about to take off into the air called a worship service, and I didn't show. And I, I had this panic, and then I realized, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. John's got this. He told me so, didn't he? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then here, this, this was really cool because I, I, at that moment, I mean, I quickly realized the situation and then I went down fast, uh, downstairs real fast and made a pot of coffee, not a cup, a pot. And I sat down and I, and I worshiped and I watched and I wept and it was a it was an astounding time, and I, this is how I put it to John, and you remember my words, John, but it was a time of, uh, of taking in absolutely rich soul food. That's how it hit me. I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you've had this experience. I, I hope you have. If you haven't, we need to talk. And that is where you left church and said to yourself and others most likely, you know, that service, that sermon, that song was just for me. Have you heard that? Have you felt that? I, I feel that. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. I pray that all the time. I pray before I came here today, God, make, blow us away. Make every individual, the deeply committed and the casual tire kicker that isn't so sure he wants to buy or she wants to jump in. That's my heart. And, and I got to just tell you something. Um, 
I, I, that morning, I just didn't, I didn't leave. I, you know, I had most of that pot of coffee in me and didn't take a break, if you know what I mean, right? Because I was into it. In fact, I heard God really say to me, this message is for you and Debbie, Steve. Indeed, it was. So I hope this morning is that way. And I'm hoping every one of us has a story to tell when we leave here and sort of review what just happened and say to ourselves, wow, that was amazing. Um, But before we can get there, I need to say something that's going to make a few of you nervous. All right? You with me? All right. Here it is. Um, On a normal Sunday morning, let's just take in what happens normally. One preacher or teacher uh, conveys words. We call them messages or sermons to many listeners and learners and followers and seekers of Jesus, right? So you got that part. That's fairly easy, and that's, that's almost automatic. That's what you can expect at church is a sermon, and hopefully it fits in and... Uh, and flourishes in your own soul. Then there's also a few voices and instruments that make up what we call a worship team or a worship band even, some say. And it's a group of people that lead a whole room full of people and rooms around the world of people uh, with song. They, I did it last Sunday. And uh, it's a little more awkward when you're all alone because your voice can get lost in a room full of voices, right? But that's what we do every Sunday. But today, for both of those things, we're going to take a road less traveled. All right. Um, I plan to ask a few prompting and sort of maybe provoking questions of all of us. And then... Um, I'm going to listen to what God has to say through you to me and to others near you in response to these questions that I have. Uh, By admitting what I just did up front, uh, some of you are thinking, oh, man, my sweaty palms, do we have to all take the microphone or something? Is this like you know, um, going to happen that way. And, and it won't. It won't. Because I don't expect that everyone will have something to say or want to say something. But I'm convinced of this, that God has some things that he wants us to hear from each other's uh, experience with the core question that I'm going to ask this morning. How are you getting through what you're going through? That's the question. How are you getting through what you're going through? Uh, I realize that question goes both ways, and, and we'll hear both ways. Some are going through something that's so exciting, it's like beyond words. And you'll grab the mic if you get a chance, and you'll just say, I just want to give glory to God because incredible things are going down in my life right now. I, I, and you can fill in the details. But more than a few of us are going to be on the other side, too, and say, it's a hard time for me. 
I'm going through something that frankly doesn't feel like it's going to get better or is getting better. Or, or I feel like I've had it a long time. You know the word chronic? That describes what you're feeling. You're here with that chronic thing. Or you're watching with something chronic that's so chronic, you can't be here even if you wanted to. So it connects us, doesn't it? Um, there's a saying uh, in our world, misery loves company, right? Uh, it basically means people who are unhappy uh, may get some consolation or let's call it sick comfort from knowing others are unhappy as well. That's where the idea comes from. Misery loves company. So when I share with somebody the hard thing that's going on in my life, and they're going through something in their life that's hard, it's kind of like, wow, this feels good. And that explains it, that, that expression. But that's not where we're heading this morning. Okay, I want to be clear. Because that's kind of a saying, but I'm not convinced that's a God saying. The God saying that has me wanting to do what we're going to do now is Galatians 6 2. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ, you might ask? What's the law of love, is it not? When John said to his disciples in the upper room, A new commandment I give to you. By the way, this was the last night he was with them. He said, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. By this, by loving one another, all men will know, all humans will take notes that you belong to me. All right? So bearing one another's burdens is straight out of the book. It's biblical to the core. And along with that, Galatians 6, 2, if you're taking notes, is uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 15. And it says very simply, and in fact, it covers the two people that I described earlier when it says rejoice with those who rejoice, right? So everybody, most of you have masks on, but, but put on the look of rejoice or the sound of rejoice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's rejoice, right? You did it. You got the job. It's a boy. It's a, you know, that's, that's a girl. It's a girl. It's those joyful things in life, right? So rejoice with those who rejoice. That was not made up by me. That's Romans 12, verse 15. And weep, he says, Paul does, with those who weep. Um, there's a Swedish saying that captures, I think, the implications of Romans 12, verse 15. It says, shared joy is double joy. So when you rejoice with me because of something great going on in my life, you've just increased my joy, right? So the Swedes had it right. They just expanded the words, gave implications to the words of Romans 12, 15. When you share joy, we're going to do it in a minute, then there's double joy. The joy level, water level, just went up, right? And then the second half of the Swede saying is, but shared sorrow, you can almost hear a hug in that, can't you? Shared sorrow is half sorrow. That's what 
the implication of weep with those who weep looks like. When I put my arm around somebody who's hurting, I don't have to say a word. My nonverbals, physical touch, embrace, tears, says I, I, as much as I can be in your shoes, I get it. And I care. So in that spirit, I want to pray and just ask God to just loosen us up and let it happen. So Lord Jesus, we want your Holy Spirit right now to draw out of our souls something that will not only feel good for us, but it will benefit somebody else. They will leave here better because of it, more encouraged, more hopeful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So <clears throat> my question assumes, the question again being, how are you getting through what you're going through? My question assumes that most of us, of course, have something we're going through. Uh, last Sunday made me think of this, John, when we were taken beautifully in that summary way through Job again. I thought, man, that is a, that is a, uh, it's not just a guy that went through a hurricane. It's just hurricane after hurricane. You know, you who watch from Florida, you know what I'm talking about. In the Gulf, it's just like how many of these are going to go on? Well, he had that going on in his life. Um, and, um, and so he had some ways of coping that uh, we also have today. And I'm going to ask it in a question. How are you getting through what you're going through is really the question... How are you enduring? What, what's your secret sauce? What's your storyline that says most people go down for the count given your circumstances, but you're not. You're staying steady. Doesn't mean you're not windblown and torn up, but you're okay. And that stands out me. Um, so um, if we're to ask Job, if we actually gave him a microphone right now, I'm sure that um, I'm sure most of us would wonder what, what, what would he say? Uh, in a moment, you're going to grab the mic, some of you, and you're going to say something. And, and may, may I give you a couple of categories to pull from? Well, one certainly would be songs. We sing songs a lot. And those draw us out. In fact, I want to, um, I have my cell phone, right? And uh, I made a list, I have Spotify, which is a paid music service. And I thought, I'm not going to pay for that. And that's ridiculous. And it's like 12 bucks a month or something. And, and I would pay double that. Don't tell Spotify, they'll send me a bigger bill. But anyway, my, my point, wh why? One of the benefits, I made a, um, a listening list. What do they call it? A yeah, you all been paying too, right? <laughs> you got to go together on this. A playlist, right? I named mine Help and Hope. And I, you know when I started this playlist, I don't think it has the date, but uh, not long ago. Do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. But I believe, I believe you will do it again, right? Straight out of Psalm 77, 19. Do it again, God. Uh, speak to the mountain, Right? Mountain, it's time to go. Get out of the way. Amen? Amen? So here's another. I have this hope. 
I have this hope. I'm going to bust out in song any minute now. <laughs> yes and amen. Can I get an amen? amen? There we go. Okay, that's a great song, Maverick City. Here's one. God of miracles. I'm not asking a God who's going, gee, I got no answers. Dude, that's a big mountain. You're right. Yeah, we were agreed on that one. No idea how to help you. Can you imagine a God like that? If that's our God, Kevin, turn off the lights. Let's go. This doesn't make any sense. But we have a God that moves mountains. He's a God of miracles. Your glory, Lord. Here's one. Living hope. How, how about it is well? Anybody? Wow. Wow. Promises. Even if. Wow. Uh, Waymaker. It just gets, these are all on my playlist. I'll share it with you if you want. But anyway, that's, um, I, so songs may be part of your response to the question. How are you getting through what you're going through? I drove from the hospital 35 times since uh, in, in the first induction with Debbie. And she's just like, honey, you're just so strong in your... And, I, and then I confessed to her, I sobbed all the way home. And I sobbed to most of these songs, saying, God, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this without help. And God has showed up so powerfully, so personally. So that's my true story. If you ask me, that's mine. I'm going to quit talking. So songs may play a role. And you know what else? Scripture, God's word. It has to play a role. It's God's voice. Those scriptures that sustain you and tell of how you're getting through what you're going through. You know what? You know the label you give it? That's my verse, right? You say, that's my verse. God causes all things to work together for the good. To them that love the Lord, I do, and are called according to his purpose, and I am. So God, you, you, you're working. I don't know. I can't see the outcome in all this, but you... You promised in Romans 8.20. That's my verse. Debbie's verse. She who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Psalm 91.1. Will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2. She will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. It's her verse. So you have verses as well, and there are plenty of them. So, how are you getting through what you're going through? Um, not sure. I think, John, you have a microphone. John's going to come your way, and Luke Jarmer. J Luke, one of you come over to this side of the room, and, and here's what we're going to do. In the moment, as God prompts you to say, hey, here's a song. By the way, you're free to sing. Go ahead, grab the mic and sing if you feel like it, right? All right, that's one thing. Here's another. Quote the verse if you have a verse. Or just tell something. It's got to be like 20 seconds long. And here's a little added wrinkle, maybe 30 seconds long. Uh, added wrinkle for us today, um, it's, uh, it's live stream, which means, uh, you know, if you're comfortable, it would help because the live stream cameras can pick up these guys right here and, of course, me. And you'll be small, but at least it's better than looking at your backside. That didn't come out right. That, uh, <laughs> anyway. You get what I'm saying? So feel free to do that. You don't have to do that. Okay, if you want to just be quiet. In fact, you don't have to stand at all. But raise your hand and they'll come running your way with a microphone. And it takes one to get us started. It, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Right? 
Yeah, right here, Daniel, Luke. And go ahead, Burke. Burke's got one too, Daniel, hang tight. Go ahead. me through many, many, you know, about the value of yourself and the value of people around you and how you can respond to them. Um, and for music, of course, I like gospel music, but I found myself making a playlist from Lexington Lab Band, which is from Kentucky. And they're just very popular songs like a, like what do you call it, a, a, a band that plays hit songs from the past, and they're doing it really well during the time of COVID. So anyways, I'll recommend that too, Lexicon Lab Band. Uh, put a smile on your face. Thanks, Burke. Thank you. How you getting through what you're going through? Daniel, you're up. Well, that's intimidating to turn around. <laughs> um, well, I got a lot of things I could say, but I'll say this. Um, approximately a year ago, uh, a tenant of ours sued us for $130,000. And I have insurance, but the insurance company said they wouldn't cover it because there was mold involved. And so I was prepared emotionally and mentally to pay $130,000 or something less than that, hopefully. And I tried to settle it, all those kind of things. And then um, our attorney because we have an attorney, um, recommended that we contact our insurance company, asked them to reconsider it again because of a thing that he had discovered in the law. And so they did, and the insurance company decided to go, go ahead and defend us. Last week, we got the, the lawsuit dismissed with prejudice, which means we actually have to pay some money, but the insurance company is going to pay it. <laughs> and... So that happened on the 28th. We read the one-year Bible, and I was reading the one-year Bible on the 28th, and I wrote in the margin of the Bible that the lawsuit was dismissed on the 28th. I wrote that in the margin. And that day, in the reading on the 28th, was this verse. See, it is I, this is God speaking, who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyers to wreak havoc. It is I, it is God, 
who has created the, the warriors, the, 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 the four, anyway. And it goes on and says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. That was the reading for that night. I almost, I, I was like amazed. I, I'm, I'm still amazed. There's a verse in uh, Psalm 94 that says, Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out the law that you may... Uh, Daniel, your words are wise. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, read Psalm 94 and you'll get the rest of that, okay? So, people. Um, others? Back in the back. John, right down the middle aisle, all the way back. Natasha? Hi. Um, so, this year has been... COVID. I mean, <laughs> I think we're all going through it. Um, but several years uh, back in 2018, we had a really hard year. Um, I don't know if you, any of you watch America's Got Talent, but there was a girl who sang her, her name. She goes by Nightbird, and she sang a song called It's Okay. She also writes a blog, and one of her blog posts was God is found on the bathroom floor. And during 2018, that's where I spent many nights. Um, scripture talks about going into your prayer closet where nobody can see you and hear you, and it's just you and the Lord. And so a lot of nights I would go in the bathroom and lock the door and light a candle, and I was on the floor praying, and that's where God was. And so what I've found is the things that have gotten us through hard times is narrowing our focus, um, putting on blinders to all the noise and the stuff that's going on around us, and just really digging down deep and spending time on my face on the floor in the bathroom with God and just listening to him and um, songs as well. You mentioned it as well. Um, I would play that in my earphones at night on repeat while I slept and it would just calm me down and um, just to know that God was there and that no matter what happened it is well with my soul amen amen thank you yeah, amen so uh, I'm just going to share that uh, the enemy constantly wants to use my past against me. And so here I've been this guy that's come into the church um, on fire and in recovery and then fall down. And uh, the enemy constantly wants to say, you know, oh, you're never going to be that again. Oh, how can you how can you walk back in there and talk about, you know, being somebody who's in recovery? And, uh, you know, for me, uh, 
I'm coming up on a year clean in a couple weeks. Yeah. And kind of my go-to has always been uh, Philippians. Um, long ago, uh, when I was in another church, I was asked to uh, kind of lead a, uh, I mean, basically give a message. And so spur of the moment, we're at a, we're at a retreat. And so uh, I said, all right, God, what am I supposed to talk about, you know? So I went in my room and I sat down for a few minutes and he led me to Philippians. And uh, so Philippians has kind of always been my go-to thing. So uh, in Philippians 4, um, verse 6, or excuse me, verses uh, yeah, 6 going forward, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are, are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice everything that you've learned. And so for me, like... Um, Every time there's a trial and a struggle, like the enemy says, oh, go get loaded. Oh, you know, I mean, I've walked out on my family. Like, I mean, like only grace keeps me doing this, right? I mean, if I got what I deserved, I sure wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Not physically, not spiritually. And so uh, I just get to remember, you know, God's got this. I don't. And if I just keep leaning into him, like, I can get through anything. Praise God. Wow. Luke's just clearing him out as he's making his way back. I, that's, you kind of covered both of them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. You heard the applause of people saying, a year, that's a big milestone. We're going to celebrate. We're going to rejoice with you, and we, we weep with you and have, Cliff, for the journey you've been on. So, yeah, Andrea. Hello, I'm Andrea. Um, many of you don't know me. I've been attending here almost a year, but I'm usually in the closet where Angela is today, <laughs> <laughs> helping with the online part. Um, I, um, in 2019, um, God led me to leave a career of over 30 years in a community and a church family of over 20 years um, in Eastern Oregon to move here. And so I gave up a lot to come here. And um, I, through COVID and all of it, no job, <laughs> wow. all these different things going on. And every time I turned around, God just took care of me. It was amazing. If it was a place to live within 24 hours notice, um, finding this family, this church family, the women have come around me and been such a blessing to me. Um, and then um, a job um, where I hope I can be a blessing to others and serve well. Um, and some great leadership. I just really appreciate Steve. I appreciate John both um, as leaders in my life as a single woman to have strong Christian men that I know pray for me and look out for me. It means a great deal. Um, my verse in 2019 was, be still and know that I am God. And at the same time, I did a word study. I love to do word studies, and I studied the word steadfast. The word steadfast is found numerous times in the Old Testament, over 200 times. And over a hundred of those are what we always say about God's steadfast love endures forever. 
Well, you go to the New Testament, and it's only found a few times, like eight or nine times. And all of those are, and I lost on my phone because I was going to read some of them. Hang on a second. are about our steadfast love in Christ. And that's what I've done. You asked me how I've gotten through it. It's being steadfast. In Corinthians, it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. In Colossians, it says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation and under heaven. And um, in Hebrews, it says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, hope that enters into the inner peace beyond the curtain. And, of course, James talks about steadfastness twice as well. And so I've done it through being steadfast. And then I walked in a little late this morning, and um, I do have another trial going on my, in my life. My daughter from Ohio, who I do not see very often, is here in Oregon this weekend. And we have kind of a strained relationship. But she does want to see me for lunch today. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But the song we were singing is, The Victory is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it is. Um, just stay steadfast. The victory is in Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Luke, right around the corner there. And make sure you hold the mic for this guy. <laughs> because he's got a sermon in his soul almost every time. Yeah, baby. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, this is kind of hard, but uh, I didn't know when I was going to share this. Um. We've been here since 2004, and like you were saying, the the enemy always wants to tear us down. I've lived with fear and shame for something that happened 22 years ago, and didn't matter whenever you would go to fill out a job application or anything else that was there. But I can tell you now that I am no longer a slave to fear. (laughs) For I am a child of God. And I'll read the, if I can. I'm I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas, after considering Whereas after re- considering his request, God, I'm this. I got to sit down for this. I told you. I told you. Well, hi, buddy. <laughs> Since you were such a huge part of this <laughs> and everything. Okay. Here, let me find the page. It's no. right, right there. Back it open. There you go. You read it, since you were such a huge part of this. All right, all right. Um, This is a certificate of gubernatorial pardon. Whereas, after considering his request for executive clemency, I, Governor Michelle Grisham, have determined 
that equity and justice require that I grant a full pardon to Brian Dean Wiggs. Like this ever. For all offenses against the state of New Mexico in a case, and they list the case number. Therefore, by the authority vested in me by the state of New Mexico and its constitution, I hereby restore Brian's full citizenship rights immediately. <laughs> There is absolutely nothing, <laughs> nothing that our God can't do. Amen. Nothing. Amen. All you have to do is have faith. Amen. Pray. Seek him. Don't listen to the enemy ever. He has no power over you. Amen. Amen. It's so true. So true. Love you, buddy. So here's the deal. I'm going to make a kind of a move and say that that's, for at least our gathering right now, uh, kind of what we have time for this morning. Thank you, Brian. That was not expected. I don't think he expected that, uh, which is really a God thing, really a cool kind of moment. And um, I really uh, want to invite you when we're done in a few moments. We're going to share communion now. Service, if you would join us up front here. And I, I want to read some words um, that are um, a song that we're going to sing called Before the Throne of God Above. Um, <clears throat> it contains these confident words. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. This wasn't the result of a good attorney, though they are invaluable. This is a result of a God that lives and pleads for people like Brian and people like us. And we need, a, we need an advocate, right? These things I've written to you that you may not sin, 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 says, but if anybody does sin, and raise your hand if that applies to you, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen? So these words are so timely. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the unchangeable, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased with his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. As the lights come down, we're going to give you time to just be reflective, personalized, say, God, what is the message for me this morning? You've probably heard it already. Maybe not until the bread and the cup are in your hand. They will make their way down your aisle, and um, everyone will have a chance 